0: I'm Lissa Mia Smith. And I'm Anna Mercier. And you're listening
1: to Turning to Story. As writers, we've experienced the triumphs and heartbreaks of the publishing industry, from endless rejection to dream book deals. Through it all, we've learned
0: to embrace the one thing in this chaotic industry we can always control our craft.
1: So should we talk about the elephant in the room, Anna?
2: I don't see any elephants here. <laughs> I see I see a poster.
1: It, it's maybe the shirt that you're wearing. What? The...
2: Oh, oh, this old thing? My my nightshirt?
1: That <laughs> I sleep to, in? Care to explain it to the listeners?
2: Okay. Well, I mean, it might
0: be a shirt that has um, A really, you know, a really good actor, played Batman recently, Um, was in a black and white film with Willem Dafoe called The Lighthouse. Uh, Water
1: for Elephants, I believe. Water for Elephants,
0: (laughs) yeah. Robert Pattinson, do we we know Robert Pattinson? And then, uh, you know, somebody who has had a very, like, dramatic uh a t- a, like uh career lately uh no less f- fantastic uh Kristen Kristen Stewart Oh Princess
1: Diana yes yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I think was in like the Charlie's Angels reboot
1: or whatever um the Joan Jet documentary yeah, well, not documentary yeah. you know what I mean the the But that getcha, I get you I get you Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for, for for sure sure was sure sure Was there anything else they
2: were in I can't I, I don't know let me see if I can read this
1: Oh, it's Twilight! (laughs) So I get on this freaking call to record this freaking podcast, and Anna's playing the song. (laughs) And that's what, is that the song playing when she walks into the lab? No, is it? Yeah. No, it's the montage of the other vampires eating people. Yes, yes it is. And she's wearing a Twilight shirt, and I'm like, what's going on? And you're like, nothing, nothing. Nothing. I don't know what
2: you're talking about. Hey. It took me, it took me We a... had a good little conversation before you were like, what are you wearing?
1: <laughs> but we did get there.
2: <laughs> yes. Did I purchase this shirt just to make Lissa laugh? Yes. Did Was I... it my husband's idea? Also, yes.
1: <laughs> Am I ordering one as soon as we hang up? Mm- Yes? Also, also, yes. Yes!
2: <laughs> this is where we make a plea to Y'all Fest or any book
0: thing. I don't know where live podcasts happen, but please book us for a live podcast. We'll come in uniform. We'll become so professional. We'll come in
1: Twilight. Sure. <laughs> it'll kind of be like merch, except we won't sell it and it'll have nothing to do with it. Exactly. Us.
2: Please. Gosh, can you imagine in the far future where our entire audience shows up cosplaying as Twilight, or they have Twilight shirts, and they're like, where are you headed, the (laughs) Twilight convention? They're like, no, I'm going to go listen to my writing podcast, Turning to Story. (laughs) Now it's called Turning to Twilight. Turning to Twilight. Turning to blood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I need you to know that my Instagram is now filled with that... uh, Uh, musical, the uh, fake musical or the farce musical of Twilight, (laughs) and uh, I just saw the baseball scene that they do.
1: Is it good? It's very good.
2: (laughs) It's very, very, very good. They do it in slow-mo and everything, and it is phenomenal.
1: I have to check it out. I've been getting, I think you sent me first that reel of the, I don't even know how to describe it. They're repeating Twilight lines, but they're just... Like two women doing it? <laughs> like, no,
2: you sent that to me. Oh I did? Oh, yes. someone, okay. Someone, sent, sent, it me 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 someone sent it to me. And then someone else sent it to me. I cried. I was on the
1: floor in my kitchen. <laughs> it's like just like acting it out without any of the effects. Say it. <laughs> Say it to you. <laughs> A disappointment. <laughs> uh, you know one thing that Twilight doesn't have. What? A messy middle. Oh! Oh! Episode. It really doesn't have a messy middle. Like,
2: that
0: thing was iconic all the way through.
1: Yeah, there's a, a pulse to it that carries you through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it doesn't have, especially the book, the movie builds more of like the antagonistic force of James and Victoria. Yes. Uh, but, and Laurent a bit. But the book doesn't really have any antagonistic force other than edward wants to eat her that is the truth i i remember it's been a long time since i've read the book um but
0: i do remember watching the movie the first time out and realizing that they really had to push an antagonistic force because the middle is very much just like an exploration of being a teenager in love with a vampire
1: yeah and it's powerful enough i mean it was uh-huh. a it works on its own which again uh the, like we talked about in the romance episode, there's so much to be learned right. just from, like, having a really gripping, are they, the reasons they're not together are so important. He wants to eat her. <laughs> yes. And yet she's, yes. her head is the only one he can't, he gets uh-huh. peace from. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a puzzle right. pieces to perfection, destination disaster. And it just drives it well. Me. The characters and the romantic plot was done well enough that there was no need for much of an antagonistic plot and no, I know
0: it's so true
1: I because. am a sucker too for I don't know what trope this would be but like this is done elsewhere too well I guess it's 50 shades 50 shades is Twilight fanfic so I guess that makes sense but like of
0: course it makes sense
1: right but like the idea of like the romance is finally established and then boom she's kidnapped like right. <laughs>
0: We're all happy and everything's great not anymore outside I love force that. I tear love it that. apart it's good <laughs> it's that melodramatic. oh yeah but we love it melodramatic yes mhm yeah mm-hmm. i'm for it good okay so twilight does not have messy middles
1: uh i don't know how, i don't know how to jump out of this well my book 2 does which is why i'm rewriting okay. it so this is one of those episodes where i don't feel qualified to <laughs> what happens if we both don't <laughs> we're the victim of vampire attacks here we're not vampires we're not vampire hunters we've never managed to protect ourselves from this yeah but, but we've done a lot of research to help other people spread, like a, spread awareness about the
2: <laughs> the dangers of
0: messy middle the
1: dangers of what not to do maybe that's yes. maybe. oh i
0: like this okay so as two unqualified people
1: who are experts at doing the wrong thing in the middle.
0: Yes. We can now guide people on what not to do. <laughs> um, I thought about this a lot last night, and I think truly the everything that I kept coming back to, I looked at a bunch of different resources, and I, I just kept coming back to 7-Point Plot deck. Me too. And every like, all the resources that I – looked at the number one piece of advice was to outline and i was like that's such a bullshit unless you have seven layer plot dip because what seven layer plot dip does is it makes you outline not just your plot because usually when they say outline a lot of like reddits a lot of reddit posts said you don't have enough plot happening in your middle for that to happen and i was like that's also bullshit sorry to anybody who was that redditor you um,
1: don't. i don't understand it,
0: They were like, people would come to Reddit and they would say, what do I do? My middle seems kind of like saggy. And other people would respond, well, it's because you don't have enough plot happening. Like you don't have enough things happening. And I was like, that's kind of bullshit because that's oversimplifying the problem. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people think plot as in like the main plot. And that's where seven layer plot dip allows you to keep that momentum, and that's one of my three words that I told you I'm going to focus on um, with my like thought process, is you have several different plots to focus on, and you weave them together in your middle, and that is what creates a non-saggy middle.
1: That makes perfect sense, and it was okay. going to be my one contribution for today. So <laughs> it's very interesting to me that we ended up at the same point. Uh, But I agree and can say from experience, like, one difference between this book that I've been working on and Ravel, for example, is just a finished book plot-wise. Ravel, I didn't struggle in the middle in the same way. Like, uh, the midpoint never changed from first draft to draft 32 or whatever, where Uh this midpoint in this book has changed a few times. Yeah. Um, And I think it's because my outline for Ravel was very thorough in the middle, Mm -hmm. and never sacked because i knew like it was just different where this one so as everybody knows i'm on rewrite number three uh Mm -hmm. the other times i had outlines and i either i never felt good about the middle and i i always then just time pressured myself to start writing it. i'll figure it out as i go right you know what i mean like yes so i do think Now, having done seven-layer plot dip, like, not to toot our own horn so much. I mean, we didn't come up with this anyway. We just regurgitated Dan Wells' ideas as our own. Exactly. Um, But I have a very thorough outline this time, and I could tell it took me months to get the outline. Like It really Mm -hmm. took two or three months to get the outline like this uh, all summer. And I think that's because the middle kept sagging in the outline, and because I hadn't written a word yet, I could fix it. Right. So I do think seven-layer plot dip is really a good... Antidote to messy middles.
0: I agree. It covers romance. If there's romance, it covers side uh, stories. It gives you side plots. It gives you. Uh, it really covers your mystery. It gives you character development. It gives you so many different things that you keep track of. Your I know your seven layer plot dip is more like, you know, seven layer plot dip times, uh, whatever interval I don't even of know what it's at, yeah though. whatever <laughs> integer of. <laughs> you know, (laughs) plot lines that you have, but it can get as complicated or as simple as you want. And I think the thing is the complication, right? Making sure it's layered and intricate and your reader isn't just focusing on
1: plot A. Exactly. That's exactly it. And so you're describing, for people who haven't listened to Seven Layer Plot Dip... Go listen to it. It's a great episode. Truly. We're, it's, I think, yeah, it's still our most watched, listened to episode. If you uh-huh. want to watch us, I have concerns.
0: It's, um, You can see me in my twilight glory. <laughs> you should and be And also watching. all of the faces that I make, which are <laughs> not great.
1: Angela Montoya of, of the Publishing Persuasion, another um, publishing podcast, uh-huh. recently posted on her private Instagram, like her author Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, a screenshot of a very nice looking Excel spreadsheet that she's using as she revises her book too. And someone was like, Oh, this like, lo- I'm not a plotter, but this looks good. And she tagged us and was like, this is a seven layer plot dip. Yes. and it's Amazing. And it's changing the way that she revises.
0: Yes. She and I had a little micro conversation about it. And I truly, every time somebody talks about it, I get excited because it, it changed everything for writing for me. Truly. I can see how this is going to sculpt my next book when I start writing.
1: And I'm it already, already has. Yeah. yeah, it already is. I'm hopeful this is the solution to what I've been struggling mm-hmm. with, but I, I guess I can't speak to it yet. Uh, but what you're describing in the middle is taking... So seven-layer plot to seven plot points for each main plot line you have, like from beginning to ending. And the idea in, in building a good middle then, which we've both learned in seven-layer plot to is not... It's being able to take the little... If if you have five plot lines, seven times five is 35. Now you have 35 scenes in your book. And a well-crafted middle could be as simple as having not just the midpoint of all those things happening at once, but building towards these individual midpoints and delivering so that each yes. scene is earned. You've had three preceding things happen, and yes. you've had setbacks, you've had try-fail cycles. each thing in the middle is earned, and you're not just floating around. Right. I
0: – this goes with – okay, so I have three words, momentum, stakes, and clarity.
1: Okay, hold on. I want to make these a bigger deal. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if this is this is a half-baked idea from last night, and then it kind of came to me this morning. I was like, everything I researched comes down to these three things. So everything and also, you've re-
1: – oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, every, and then everything I – just went through with revising my own book. It was all about momentum, momentum, stakes, and clarity.
1: So this is your hypothesis for what makes a non-messy middle. Yes. That can be boiled down to momentum, stakes, and clarity. Yes, in, in any given order. And
0: I think what you're talking about is that making something feel earned is part of that stakes and clarity. Being, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess I'll start with, I don't want to start with clarity. It makes sense with what you're talking about, clarity. Whatever, we'll go out of order. Um, clarity is making sure it is clear how your character feels or how your character has changed. Because I was thinking about what you've said in previous episodes about how every chapter, the character changes somehow or the characters change somehow. And the thing I had to learn to make sure that it wasn't saggy was making it clear, making that change very, very clear. Even if it's not clear to the character, it is clear to the reader. Mm -hmm. So if your character is going from mistrusting to trusting in that first, we'll call it like act two, because it's a four act structure. So act two, there should be a chapter where it is very clear that they're, distrust of this character has fractured and we need to know how they feel about them even if we even if it is i don't know how i feel about this person great that's a checkpoint and now i feel that's earned as we move on to okay now i feel like i can trust them you know what i mean mhm okay
1: that's really good i like this yes so in a messy middle cause sometimes i learn from thinking of the wrong way to do it <laughs> uh huh in a mess, what would feel like a messy middle in terms of clarity would be things happening out of the blue or for seemingly no reason. Yes. Worse of all, character decisions or character happenings seemingly out of the blue or for no reason.
0: Yes. If they, if they, if there is a chapter where they suddenly, this character has not touched the other character since the beginning, and then they suddenly touch this person... There has that has to be earned. That has to not just happen out of the blue. That has to be intentional. What is the emotion behind that? Why is this happening? And then, how do they feel about that? Be very clear.
1: I love that. That's something I've seen in beta reads I've done over the year, especially in YA, uh, but anything with a lot of romance. But whatever reason I think of YA, where people will start to build the romance by like, and then they start taking each other's hands and holding hands, and there's been no date no romantic conversation and in real life we don't just like take someone we're attracted to's hand like we're usually not that brave unless we're like all right i'm going for it i'm going i've been staring at this hand for weeks like <laughs> right right oh but that's earned that i'm going for it is earned or it's just like oh i feel so bad for them in this moment my heart is so big that i'm going to
0: uh-huh. Take their hand
1: in mine and caress it. And you're yes. like, really? You're very confident. Re- really? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so act two. You've never two,
0: touched. Chapter two of act two. What's <laughs> happening here? So Before that.
1: Right. Exactly. That would be like an unearned yes. touch. Yes. I agree with that 100%. So now I'm trying to do the mental gymnastics of tying this to a messy middle. What's a messy middle to you?
0: A messy middle to me is exactly what you talked about. I, things are happening and I don't know why, or we are going off on a side quest that, again, things oh, are happening and yeah. I don't know why, and I, I'm i more interested in this other plot that you have
1: now dropped, right? Yes, that's putting it perfectly, that, that lightning for me. Uh-huh. A messy middle is when it feels... Like, to me, we've lost the threads that were holding my attention. That, yes. to me, is a messy build. It's, it's slower. It's boring. It's And it doesn't even have to be plot slower. It could just be like, like you said, if I'm really interested in this romance, and now these two characters are super far apart, and the, they're not thinking about each other, and the things, they're, sorry,
2: <laughs> you made face. No, that's that's it. Sorry, keep going.
1: Um, Talking about what learning from what not to do. <laughs> Anna's making a face, because she fears that her, not her most recent draft, but the one before that, she kept her... Her characters are like, oh, shit, we got feelings, and then they didn't see each other. Forty pages went by, and they didn't see each other or think about each other. <laughs> that's okay. Right? Hey, that's what drafts are for. You yeah. fix it. Exactly. Um And they can be in different places, but it's the thinking about each other. It's the having that person in your head in some way. Like, they don't have to be physically together, although from experience writing, that makes it a hell of mm-hmm. a lot easier. Right? <laughs> So yeah, messy middle is when we drop the threads or stop making progress on the threads.
0: That. It is the it is okay to tell me that, you know, it is okay to kind of convey like this. I feel, I feel like I hit a milestone with this plot thread. And now I know something is cooking in the background. And then we pick up this plot thread. And then you have to come back to that plot thread. You have to come back to this other one that I know has been cooking or it's going to overboil, or it's just going to like stop existing.
1: Yes, yes. Okay, so taking that metaphor and expanding it, we have a stovetop, different uh-huh. plots, different plots and different temperatures, and yes. a messy middle is when we let one cool. We just boiled yes. one up, and now we're moving on to different ingredients, and we're not weaving, we're not pouring them together. We exactly. are now, we've let that one cool, and we're like, hey, we we're really excited for the Seven-layer dip you're cooking over there. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And For now the refried beans are frozen. <laughs> yeah, now they're, like, hardened and congealed. And we're like, we really wanted those beans. They looked amazing eight chapters ago. Eight chapters ago. So this, Worth I'm it. I'm blowing through your three points here. So we're going to circle back to all of them. But this sounds a little no, bit it. like momentum.
0: It really, yes. So momentum is the promise, is the... It, It is you are taking me somewhere and I am trusting that you know where you are going and you are going to take me along and that I can also anticipate where we are going. And I think that momentum is anticipation for the reader. It is the seven layer plot dip of I am leaving these clues for you along the way or we have made progress, which again comes back to your, again, still ever seller advice of change Something in the plot has to change. Something in the characters have to change. And I have to see how this, you give a clear goal. And that goes back to clarity again, making sure the goal of the character is clear. You know, they start act two with the goal is to get to this in before the bad guy closes in. All right. Well, then we get cut off from each other and the group splits and I know, oh shit, Only the person in group A knows how to get to the end. Now group B is fucked. So I know, I anticipate because I know what the goal goal is, I know, and I know what time they have to get there, ticking time clocks. Because of that, I now have this anticipation of like, okay, I know this group is probably going to make it to the end. And then I don't know what's going to happen with this group. I have to pay attention to what's going to happen here, but I know that's their goal in the end. And then. Even bigger than that is knowing their overarching goal, right? So getting to the end is part one, but then you've keyed me in as a reader. The ultimate goal is to defeat the bad guy by
1: doing whatever. This is amazing. I'm writing all of this down. That's why I'm, all my I'm writing all of this down. So metaphorically with me it taking uh, what single <laughs> line that you said, turn, you, one metaphor you took, and then I'm going to just like beat it to death. Do it. Way. So reading is then like watching a cooking show. Someone is cooking on uh-huh. a show and this is like not even a good cooking show. This is just like a YouTube camera over your hands. Yes. And you have a bunch of different <laughs> you have a bunch of different plots go. Plots. Oh ah! <laughs> That was such an accident. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're cooking plots. <laughs>
2: cooking plots. <laughs> I gotta my romance plot. <laughs> getting ready for this next batch of soup.
1: Vampires don't eat, Anna. <laughs> Maybe one plot is full of blood. <laughs> I'm sorry I offended you, Edward. She's petting her shirt. <laughs> okay, so camera's on. Okay. Reader is watching this. Uh, so now some people are probably fine with just like we don't want to watch a pot that isn't at least boiling, right? If we're watching just clear yes. water, like you said, make uh, making sure the characters are changing. That's part of momentum. Like In the beginning, that's easier because we're establishing the the misbelief, the lie. We're
0: uh-huh. establishing
1: that and the need for change, right? Yes. But they're still gripping to it. It is a lot. And then we get through act two. They get to the point where they have to pivot the lie somehow. Uh-huh. This is where the um, mental backflips need to start happening yes. in a good not messy middle. Yes. But the, this is like, it's almost like it's a little bit less defined, so it's easier to have a clear pot of water. We need it mm-hmm. to boil or at least bubble or something in its yes. most simple form. We If we're going to be, if we're asking a reader to follow along with us, right? change needs to be happening.
0: Yes. And... Okay, keep going. Sorry, because I'm, I'm seeing the cooking thing because like keep you going. don't want to sit and watch the pot boil. You Okay, so the, the person who's cooking is going to say, first we boil a pot of water, and then you see – maybe you see the water go in the pot, and then you see the pot go on the stove, and you see it click, and then we cut away because we know what that pot is doing. We know mm-hmm. what that pot is doing, and the only time we key back into the pot is when its status has changed, when it is boiling, or – when they have forgotten to turn on the burner, or something happens, yes.
1: When they forgot to turn on the burner, what do you so
0: mean? it's just something has changed, right? You have given me the goal. I have to get this pot of water boiling. Yes. And then, if it's a fiction thing, something goes wrong. I forgot to turn the water on, so we click oh, back I in on the see. burner,
1: <laughs> okay. or
0: something has gone increasingly right. And we've gotten the pot to boil right? And now the right?
1: pot's boiling, and we don't now need we to. Check ab- back okay, in. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I sorry, see. that was no, no, no. I no you're good. Your you're metaphor good. Going, oh. No, I, I like it. I like it. But then I had to think. I'm like, well, if the author is the chef, do we want to see an author mistake, so to speak, or it have to be intentional. I think it's more of a. Yeah, it's an it looks like this mistake. plot. This plot isn't. I can't do it. now. I can't not say plot. It's all totally accidental, but. <gasps> It looks like this plot isn't boiling, but really. Yeah. And so we're like, did she forget to turn on that? We never want to think that. But really, we realize that's not actually water. It's actually yes. something else, right? Like, Yes. So yeah, it's having something dynamic. If we have four stovetops going at uh-huh. once, each with different ingredients, we don't need to watch water boil. No, we can move on to other things. But anytime that water, we want to see that fear spoil when it gets there, Uh-huh. and we also want to see the uh, the author adding more things, throwing in some more, yes. like with the trusted goal in mind. We know the overarching goal. So if they're making, uh-huh. I don't fucking know. You're the well, you're more the cook than me.
0: No, but it's it's the thing. If you're gonna add in like if you if you promise that you're making pasta, let's just go like spaghetti, right? Like spaghetti has fairly basic ingredients. But then all of a sudden, carrots show up.
1: Yeah, you're like, what is she doing?
0: Hold up. Why we got carrots? What's going on here? Right. Uh, But then by the end of that dish, or by at some point in that dish, maybe without saying it, we see some pasta sauce happening. And we're like, oh, we're now merging this in with the pasta sauce. We're
1: cooking it in the sauce instead of the water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So there's trust in the author that they know what they're doing, that we're on a journey, and that it's ever-changing. I feel like this yes. metaphor started out strong. I was getting No! Like a, momentum is not watching a pot of water, say, just a regular pot of water. We're not. Yes. We don't have a camera on a cool, like... Or a too slow boiling plot of a plot of water. We need to move around to get that tomato in, get this in, yes. get that meat going, start grinding that whatever it is. Exactly. because we want to watch the creation of the promise of the premise
0: uh-huh. and all of those different plots are your seven layer plot dip. There are seven layer. If you're layer wondering pla- where to yes. get those, that's your seven layer plot dip.
1: And the framing is we start with the ingredients and we already know what we're making at the end. Yes. We don't know how we're getting there necessarily or exactly what it is, but we know this is some yes. That it. metaphor
0: came back home, <laughs> baby. Yes.
1: I got so excited. Like come with me while I make blah, 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 right exactly. So you're like, oh I've heard of that before. I get it. This is a vampire love story. Yes. yes. Uh, what do I expect? Oh, wait. Awesome. No, nope. oh, he can't what? hear her what? thoughts. Oh, wait. But he tried. To, his brother just uh-huh. bit her. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. That's... So it's okay. So this hits momentum because not a plot of water. It needs to boil, change, be interesting. We need salt in there. We need ingredients. Like, yes. make it interesting because then we want to watch like this right. expert, the author, see what they're cooking up for us. Exactly. And then the clarity is we know their overarching goal. Uh, And I really like what you said, making sure the goal is clear, but the goal from act two to act three, act three to act four. Right. Because it's easier when we start with the ingredients, we're making this Mm -hmm. cake, and here's the cake at the end. That we know. When you're writing a book, you usually know this is the cake I want to make. At least I know. I shouldn't say. I know there are people who are like, I don't know how it's going to end until I write it. That is not seven layer plot tip, but we 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 admire it in a different way. (laughs) Uh huh. Exactly. There's no way I could go back to just I I never started
0: there, but there's no way I could ever do temple writing ever again. Like that's not a.
1: I don't know that I don't know that I could. I really. I hope I don't because ten-pole writing failed me. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's failed me every time I've written something. That's how this book was written. That's how every other book was written, and it is.
1: In a way but that's really know. it's how this podcast got started too, because you and I were talking and commiserating our rewrites and the fact that we were looking to craft and getting so and trying to do so many things right. It was yes. taking us fucking forever to write a book. Uh-huh. And then we'd rewrite it anyways.
0: Exactly. It was never worth it. It was and I'm hoping we'll see. We'll see what this second Yeah, book. <laughs> we'll see with be, your next book. <laughs> maybe season
1: two. We're like, Well, we had to scratch that. You might be wondering how we got
0: here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You might be wondering why we do a cooking show now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We're no longer authors. (laughs) Right. Um, But I think, circling back, I would love for you to tell me more about what you were thinking when you were talking about making sure that the goal is clear. Because you separated that from the overarching goal, which I like. Yes, So...
0: It helps for me as a writer, and then it also helps for your reader. Again, that word anticipation. So when you start a when you start a book, when you start anything, you kind of know the ending, the generic ending, right? We're going to defeat the bad guy. Unless it subverts it, and now it's a villainous, awful thing. That goal is fairly clear. Or even for the characters. You may not know how it turns out, but the characters are like, we have to defeat so-and-so. Or we have to stop this thing from happening. And... You know that as a reader, and you also know, and this is where we get in, like, with my third thing, stakes, right? You know from the very beginning why that matters, why that matters to your main character, and then for each character, as you introduce them in the middle, you learn why that matters to them, and so you make that clear, and then it's not enough to have that. That's such a gaping maw of book, so then each chapter it is very clear what their goal is so even if it doesn't pertain directly to the ending goal when they start that chapter my goal is to we'll say like with my book right baking book there are a couple chapters where um we know that like Alara my main character has a competition coming up and her goal is a little bit subverted. It's not just to make the best thing possible. It's to do something else. And so we know that's something else that she has to do. But then she's struggling with it. She can't do this because it's not natural to her. And is well, this then in Act whole-
1: 2 this is happening?
0: Yes, okay. in Act okay. 2. So now she's having to bake a totally different way. And she's struggling with it. And that creates friction between her and the other character who have pushed her to be this way. And the whole goal of the chapter is I have to learn how to do this thing or I'm going to fail in the next chapter. And so we know the importance of having to do this. We also know the friction of having to do that. So even if it has nothing related to the big plot, it does. And we know what the intended goal is, even if they don't reach it.
1: And so then those are like smaller targets that you shoot for. Yes. Right? We're not fighting the entire war. We're taking out smaller targets. We're making – or we're not running a marathon. We're just getting – not even a lap, getting a little leg at a time.
0: Exactly, this is the warm up. Like in order to run a marathon, you have to do your warm up, and oh no, when you're doing your warm up, you have a leg cramp. Now we have to figure out how to do that, and then that leg cramp can come back to haunt us later halfway through the marathon.
1: Which matters because that then—that's the idea of a try-fail cycle. It helps. Yes. It helps the character earn the eventual ending exactly. if they come. You know if they're able to come up with something incredible, if the power is within them in some kind of way, they've had to have that struggle where all right. other paths have been eliminated.
0: And this is like a sorry, I see, you, I won't, I don't want to take over, but this is like one thing that I did that's not quite connected, but I it blew my brain a little bit. I watched a video and I'll see if I can find the video. Um, but the one nugget I took out of there is with your middle, when you're thinking about what kind of scenes to show like this, like how can I show this progression the it was from a filmmaker and it was he said that the middle is what your story is about not plot wise but at its theme and so it's all about character progression it's all about truth versus lie that's your theme and so show things that show that character progressing not only in the plot or you know d- like not making progress falling backwards but it's all tied to that truth versus lie that theme that you're doing
1: I like that. This is something that was hard for me that only, I hope, like clicked recently. You know, like uh, a story, no, not story genius, uh, save the cat plot, mm-hmm. fun yeah. and games is a big part of that. Yes. What's that, sigh? Because I agree. It,
0: it's the same thing, I feel the same way about fun and games, which is great and wonderful, but it's also so basic about a middle that it is useless
1: it doesn't actually tell you anything
0: yes it is useless to me i'm not knocking it please god no i think I some
1: not. people just got it better than we
0: got it yes i didn't get it it did not click
1: well the original save the cat i haven't read save the cat writes a novel or save the cat writes a ya i haven't you know. either but i'm um, my understanding is it follows the original one just instead of using page numbers on a script it's more specific um But what got me would be like, opening image is this. We're talking about first page this, second page this, by page 10 this, and then middle fun and games. And I'd be like, the 100, 200 pages in the middle of my book are just fun and games, and it didn't make sense to me until very recently. I came up with my own interpretation of it, I think. Okay. So in book two, I've been struggling. It's a revenge book uh, with a heavy romance in there, like a lot of romance in there, and... I I was focused on my middle's been a problem all along. Every time I would get to plot the middle, I'd be like, I'll figure it out as I get there. And then I wouldn't figure it out as I'd get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would follow. I, I pulled up Save the Cat. I pulled up Story Genius. I pulled up everything trying to find a way to fix this middle. And I kept everything with some version of funny games, right? Like, what uh-huh. is the heart of your story? That's what clicked. You had said, like, this should be what your story is about. And then in this rewrite, in planning for this for a couple months, it occurred to me. What is the fun in games of my book? What is, what is the fun in games of Twilight, our forever example right now? Right. It is dating a vampire.
0: Uh huh. So,
1: this is going to dinner at your rich vampire boyfriend's house. This is yes. him driving you to school. It's him joining you and your friends at your table, or are you joining them at their table. It is being seen together. It is playing baseball with his family during a mm-hmm. thunderstorm. It is climbing into the trees on his back and seeing views that no one else can see and sharing a kiss above the world. Like, yes, that's the fun and games of dating a vampire. Uh-huh. That's what the book is about. That is that is fun and games. Right. So I made a list. What, when I came up with this idea, <laughs> two years ago at this point, um, of this revenge love story, falling in love with someone while you're both doing some vicious things together. Uh-huh. What is the fun of that? Where is the fun of that? And this takes place in Gilded Age, so I was like, this is backstabbing dances in ballrooms. This is sneaking into rich people's mansions and doing this. This is, yeah, this is like a, like a, you know, relishing in stealing the gold and then taking a bath in it and drinking stolen champagne and, you know, like, sabotaging. I am so excited for this book. None of that was in my first couple of versions because I was so boil down in my craft obsessed way of like they have to earn this they have to earn this so this is everything that makes them want revenge so you understand uh-huh. their motivation and this is all the hardship that they go through in jail so you understand their connection and I can mention all this now because now the book that none of that happens on page anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. done by the prologue if that's so good on. that's so no but it's it's so true Because now I have room for fun and games. And that was what kept going wrong in my middle was I was trying to squish so much plot into there because they needed to take down these really powerful people. And in order to do that, they needed to try.
0: (laughs) Right. I think that's the thing too in this latest read of my book was in realizing they weren't spending 40 pages together or thinking about each other. I had just been so focused on plot and there's so much plot. And even my agent was like, there's so much plot that has to happen. I get why this didn't happen. And I was, it it makes sense for what I will not do next time. And I see how I can give myself the room to do both. There is room to do both. And that is the place we strive to get to, or I am striving to get to is how can I do the fun and games, the stolen champagne drinking, taking a bath, and stolen gold. That is also part of the plot.
1: Exactly. Why is this This matters for plot-specific reasons, and that's a big part of character development, it's a big part of romantic development, it's also a big part of, like, you have to give your plot room to breathe and react to the things that they're doing. Right. Um, The scene people talk to me the most about in Revelle was one added later, which is like a... It's a fun and game scene. They go to a uh-huh. a carnival together, essentially, like a yes. group of friends go to a carnival, and that was something that was added to give the like suggested to me during pitch wars to give the plot a little bit more room to breathe and just be like, hey, this is still like a love story. Show them having fun and not just like everything being dire uh-huh. all the time. Like, uh huh. And so it it ends up serving important purposes in terms of character development, and holding secrets and that pinned the actual pain of physically having a secret and trying to find the right time to get it out. But yeah. It it just needed room to breathe. The fun and games of, like, uh-huh. if you're telling a story about these, like, enchanted performers on this magical circus kind of place having this adventure, and then you need to show them having adventures. <laughs>
0: exactly. Even if that, like, that adventure is not just plot-related. It is them. Like, what, what is the point of having magical powers if you're not going to go have fun with them?
1: Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, the advice that I would have coming out of this is to make that list. Like, make a list of what is... Because I guarantee you whatever your story's about in that way probably takes place in the middle. So, like, you're writing a magical, enchanted baking competition with a lot of other intrigue and dark forces. Yes. So the middle of your book is likely centered around baking competition. (laughs) Yes. And dark forces. Yes. With magic.
0: Yeah. But But then there's also room for baking romance scenes. Like... That, yes, that was the whole going into it was writing this romance and merging that in there. So there, I don't know, like there's, there's room for all of that, all of it.
1: I love it. Let's think of, maybe we can each try to think of another example from like a book we really enjoy. Okay.
0: As I turn to my shelf, like I always do.
1: Um, I had one that came to mind quickly, so I can do that if you do it. want it. Uh, Lauren Blackwood's within these wicked walls. Oh damn! I know it's a, a good, good one. one. <laughs>
0: That's real good. <laughs> Boom,
1: beat you to it. Well, it's a great middle. So the promise of the premise is that um, the main character is essentially an exorcist for uh-huh. like evil spirits. Yeah. Who this is like a a twisted uh, Jane Eyre Ethiopian retelling. It's very cool. Yeah, uh, for those who haven't re- read it, you should. And in a rich guy's house. Uh-huh. So she she is hired to exercise the evil spirits of a rich guy's house. In the middle of the book is her exercising various evil spirits of the rich guy's house and all uh-huh. of the shenanigans that come with that and the way that bonds them and the way that gives yeah. them cute moments. The beginning of the book is setting up that contract getting used to where she is figuring out if she can do this and how much uh-huh. you know. The end of the book is shit hits the fan. Yeah. The middle is exercising evil spirits of a hot rich guy's house.
0: Yeah. It works. It works. It absolutely works. Especially after you've set up all those different personalities in that act one and then you get some really great scenes in that yes, middle. It's that the different so personalities. Yeah. Because
2: what... it's one of those that this personalities are con- contradictory to the goal in mind, which is <laughs> I love that book so much. There's I've, so many scenes in there. That he's make a me unique
1: giggle. love interest because he's uh what's the word? Uh, is goofy the right? Zany. He is Zany. zany. He's, he's like not okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. He's not. <laughs> he's like got a screw loose in the best way. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. he such got, like, a good one. Yeah. And so that but in the middle you see like you we are we are introduced to the Zany guy and we're introduced to this tough no nonsense need this money girl. Yeah. And in the end, that you know, they have to work together in various ways, and there's a lot of cool twists, but in the middle, it's how it's the fun and ooh kind of moments of some real serious stuff like people are dying shit's happening yes but like what happens when the zany guy and her have this pressure it's great <laughs> right
0: it's so good that's such a good one dang because right. that's because that's like such a concisely written book mm-hmm. too it was one of those that as I was reading it I was like I need to pick Lauren's mind about how you it write it's
1: like seventy five thousand words or something she's it's like an, a freaking, it's wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, how did you pack this in? Because, like, I remember getting it and being like, how? Yep. How? 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 This thing is so small. <laughs> and like- then it is so powerful. Yep. It is so She good. does
1: not waste words. It is uh, worth learning from. Your turn.
0: Mexican Gothic.
1: Ooh, tell me.
0: Okay, so Mexican Gothic. Her cousin marries into this rich white family that takes over this mining operation. And her cousin uh, sends her a letter that's like not doing well, and then kind of drops off the face of the planet. So she has to go investigate what's happening with her cousin. And it's quite literally creepy house, weird, creepy white family a la like the House of Usher, but, you know, uh, colonizing and having to figure out this mystery. And as you know, like if you've watched Haunting of Hill House or if you know anything about gothic like haunted house kind of things, it has all of the things that you want in it but with this wild, wild twist on the house is alive kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, And things are really weird with this family. So it has all of the things that you are wanting. It has the, you know, uh, strong uh, female main character is like, I'm going to solve this shit and is poking around where she doesn't belong. And uh, people are saying, be careful of this. And she's like, why be careful of this? And then they stop talking and
1: go away and it has it has
0: all of those tropes all of those vibes and it is again it's a condensely written novel so you are like piece of the mystery every time and I think that one for me at no point was I like I'm done or I don't want to pick it up or anything it was like I can't wait to sit down and read tonight
1: (laughs) Oh, I love this. This sounds amazing.
0: It was great. It was great. It did. It did everything you wanted it to do, which is very much like I think with Lauren's book is we have to exercise the house,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think but then was, we
2: yeah. throw the curveball in, which is his personality on top of it. Yes. <laughs> and then this <laughs> and one secrets. is yeah yeah this one is uh,
0: we got to go investigate what happened to my cousin and this creepy ass family, and then we throw in. A really cool thing about fungus and the house
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love the sound of this it's but all so of that happens in the middle
0: yes so all if you were
1: to make a list of what when you describe what mexican gothic's about you're not telling me the ending you give me the setup and then the middle uh-huh, uh-huh. so if we were to make this into actionable points i mean we're liter- when i tell you anna and i are just making this up as we go along, I kid you not. So if we lead you astray, we'll we'll, we'll delete it. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can cancel us, it's fine. You make a list of the things that you want, like whether you're revising your story or you're drafting your story, what is your story about? What is the heart of when, like, what is the vibe, the fun and games of your story in this way? And then if this is just a turning to story specific, pure method, You go to your seven layer plot dip and you have, with these in mind, you see, are there areas that I can improve? Like in my romance, romantic midpoint, like maybe you've described the emotional beat of what happens. Can that happen in a ballroom? Yes. Can that happen on a, you know, a pine tree in the sky? Like, Uh can you infuse this with the heart of your story in this way? Um, Yes. A pinch point... Because pinch one, like, things, taking a step backwards, that's in the middle, that's, you know, between act two, uh, inciting incident and midpoint, right? So that's in Uh act two. Can that be, like, when you think, is there a fun thing that goes wrong in a haunted house, so to speak? Like,
0: Uh is
1: there a downside of this? Is there a fight that is, like, you know, whatever it is, but, like, that's how you keep your your middle alive seven layer plot dip will keep you honest in your middle in terms of making every scene still count and building towards and making sure you're paying attention to all right fo- all four things on your stove uh-huh uh but the ingredients you're using should be your fun and games
0: yes oh I like that a lot I like that a lot because that fixes my problem my personal problem with fun and games which I thought fun and games was were the pots on the stove Mm-hmm. And it's not. The plots on the stove are the plots. And the fun and games are the ingredients and the
1: spice and the way you twist it. Oh, I love that. No, that was just a, I got the chills. I got the chills. Okay, hold on. Let's say it again. The plots on the stove stove are the plots. Yes. The fun and games are the ingredients. So the plot is still cooking and moving forward. We are not wasting the reader's time. We are keeping no. momentum, stakes, and clarity. Yes. Your three words for today. Yes. And the fun and games is the are the ingredients. It's keeping it interesting, true to the heart of the story. Uh, it's letting it breathe in the way. Yeah. Boom. Mike drop. Oh, chef kissing.
0: <laughs> As apropos, that is chef kisses everywhere. Because that is so good. It works. It really and works. And now I'm thinking about this outline that I've done. For this next book. And I'm like, nope, I can I can make that better. Like, I can... I like, Especially your list idea. Holy
1: shit. The list was... I, I enjoyed making the list. That helped me a lot. And it was part of, like, in talking to... Like, I think I was talking to Tari, our friend mm-hmm. at one point. Um, and she had... No, I think it was when you, Tari, and I spoke. And you were, both were... On your id list, you both had... It Idlis being a JLB thing that we've talked about in the past. Hey, JLB, <laughs> it's just all over the place. Jennifer Lynn Lynn Barnes recommends writers write down all the things they absolutely love, and that even if it was done badly, you would still watch it, read it, digest it, whatever it is. And you both had ball scenes on yours, and I was like, "Fuck!" I wrote a gilded age story. <laughs> That does, it has one ball in it where shit goes badly, but it doesn't have like, it needs another ball. It needs a real ball. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I realized like, wait, how did I write this book and not write a ball? Everything I pictured about this book happened in a ballroom where like my original version in my head was like, I got to find other things that rich people did in the Gilded Age other than go to balls. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But then I ended up not including a ball. So I do think having a list of like, what, what's the, it's almost like a vibe thing. Yes. Um. And I think I, as an author, underestimate vibes or under, not that I underuse them, but I'm not as intentional about them as I could be because I see very successful books that are extremely vibey and are not as fast paced as I like to write necessarily that are still really, really great because the vibes are so good. I think
0: that's something that I'm starting to realize as I'm like reading, I'm reading voraciously again between edits and that is something that I am starting to realize is that a lot of these, I'm like, they're getting away with not doing a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Why? Why am I interested? Because the vibes are good. Because the vibes are good and the promises are still there. It's happening.
1: It's just very quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in our, we have an ongoing list of future topics and we add vibes as something we think about. Oh,
0: vibes? I just wrote it down. Okay, good. Keep that.
1: Yeah. Whoo! Messy middles. We I think, did I it. We did. I think we did. I
0: think this was... A delightful episode. After both of us were like,
2: "Who?
1: Oh. How are we going to talk about something we're bad at?" I got
2: my PhD from the School of Doing It
1: Wrong, <laughs> the School of Messy Middles, Messy school? Middles University a City. Whose mascot is a puddle of nothing?
2: <laughs> a puddle. What was it? No, I was I re-listened to our first episode because I had to answer a listener question, and
1: it was the dehydrated puddle. Oh, this was um, was the question. The truth versus lie related one? Uh, it no? was
2: the one about like which uh, short stories? Which one was like... Oh, yes, like yes, yes, yes. Okay. And I was like, I don't remember what bullshit came out of <laughs> <laughs> it. Speaking,
1: speaking of listener questions, on our... You're like, ah. I'm ready. On our romance writing romance episode, we asked people to get back to us about how they found their writing community, etc. And people have gotten back to us so I wanted to talk about a few of those ideas
0: please do because I've been noodling over this and I have nothing
1: so um a few responses were exactly what you had said which is people seem to be in discords and slacks Mm -hmm. mostly discords like how are people ending up in Discord. So I asked. Uh, people would be like, it took me a while to find the right Discord, etc. So it seems like people are gathering. Oh, sounds so, like, out of touch. People are gathering. I mean, I'm in a writing slack for but it's people been...
0: People are communing <laughs> together upon the Discord channel.
1: <laughs> I just didn't know if it was still happening this way. Like, I didn't yeah. want to assume. Uh, people are still finding each other through things like DVPit. Okay. Uh, and different, like, as other... Uh, like... Other mentorship programs are popping up in various ways, and so people who are still applying to those things, et cetera, are finding okay. each other that way. Um, of the Publishing Persuasion, the other podcast we mentioned earlier, has a Discord. Oh, nice. Where they welcome listeners, and a lot of them are you know writers who are querying, getting ready to querying, have been in the trenches a while. Nice. And so someone had said, oh, no, it was through Of the Pub Persuasion that I found the right Discord for me.
0: And i okay.
1: So I wanted to throw that out there. If you're not following them, go follow them. Yeah. Um, because that seems super, super valuable. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Because I can see where you would jump into a Discord, make friendships with somebody or somebody would mention something and then you find another one. This makes sense.
1: Yep, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then people go off and form smaller groups when they feel like that's helpful or start DMs. Yeah. Um, Reddit's YA writers, uh, or there's a YA lit on Reddit, etc. Oh, okay. Reddit has a writer general one that I have peeked at, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend, to be honest, because it is so... If you're listening to this podcast, you've done a tremendous amount of research and work already. That means you are not on day one of I am a writer. Like, you're probably not on day one. And no offense to people on day one, but I found the general Reddit writers one to be the stereotype of uh, a white man who has written something while he was sitting on the toilet and decided that he is brilliant and
0: words out of (laughs) my own mouth. Literally, white man on the toilet.
1: White man on the toilet being, this is brilliant. And but taking truly, no food, And he so will when, shit on your work.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and truly, not know what he's talking I,
1: about. When you mentioned Reddit, I was like, really? The YA, they're smaller good. ones. Um, okay, good. I didn't know I that. can pull it up while we're actually talking. Because um, I had checked it out a while ago, uh, and it was kind of quiet. And so when someone mentioned, I was like, let me take a look. YA Lit is one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's YA writers has seventeen thousand three hundred and twenty members. Okay, and they do people are posting the what uh, tr- are looking for traditional aiming fantasy writing friends, looking for uh-huh. a writing group, looking for beta partners for uh, a far too long. They they said it, not me, but I agree. Contemporary novel. Um, so if looking for a critique partners, that it, it seems like it's still strangers. It can still go south, but you use your judgment. You just need a place to go. This is like you're going grocery shopping and you have to pick up the fruit. This got weird.
0: (laughs) This got weird. You have to pick up the fruit and then squeeze the side. I just made it weirder. No, that's why
1: that's why it was weird, because that's where I was
0: going. I'll just bring that weirdness right to the front.
1: (laughs) Um any of awesome. things from there? I'm just taking a look at our account, making sure I didn't miss any. A few people reached out to our Instagram and were like, hey, let's I love how that. I did it. Yeah, good
0: because I feel like I'm old.
1: Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, uh, S C B W I. I've never, I've always wanted to pronounce it as like skabooey, <laughs> but I've never S-c- heard it. I've, I've only heard it written, but I know a lot of, yes. if, if you write Y A a lot of YA authors are involved, and they have local chapters that have local meetings. So you can meet up and do write, like, you can write with people in real life. Um, We had a listener reach out to us. uh, It looks like, let's see, Kami, and they said uh, they went to the SCBWI conference in their area last weekend and connected with a lot of potential critique partners. Um, Then she mentioned another mentor program that she has met people through, which I'm just going to look up first. Nice. Oh, uh, the writer to writer mentorship program. Uh, again, which is the association of writers and writing programs, AWP, very legit looking website. If we we're judging a book by its cover, this is it's legit. This is
0: nice. Very legit looking. Yeah. I will make sure to link all of these things in the show notes. I have a list here and I will make sure to link everything that that I can.
1: Good. Um, Another listener, Hannah, mentioned there's a pod called Shit No One Tells You About. uh, Yes. And they're currently hosting some kind of CP match. Uh, This episode, as we record, it usually comes out a couple weeks later so that might be over but put them on your radar and give them a follow too and see if there's community available for you there. We also had a listener question A tough one. You ready? I'm ready for tough questions. Okay, the listener asked, one of the things I've been grappling with, with lots of the old mentorships not taking place, is how we know what we do not know. I've been deliberately practicing as best as I can on my own and with friends, trying to get better and challenge myself with every book. But so far it hasn't got me where I've been aiming. The thing I grapple with is that often the strength of mentorships especially when you've been writing for a while, is that good mentors don't just teach, they diagnose. They see your weaknesses and point you to ways to work on them, which can be a tricky thing to do on your own. So how do you know when it's a craft issue that's holding you back, when it's just luck and timing, or why your mouth is wide open? It's a really freaking genius question. (laughs)
0: Okay, one, whoever wrote that question, you speak more eloquently than I could ever speak please take my position on this podcast
1: (laughs) agreed I would normally name listeners but since I didn't like as a shout out and this is someone who's been very good to us but I'm not going to in case they don't want okay yeah but they're they're brilliant it's a really really... good question
0: because it's poignant especially the point about like diagnose that's the part that got me was Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm truly thinking about the mentorship program going through pitch wars and it was diagnosing problems that and I had.
1: And that's what I was thinking too. When I went through pitch wars the first time, it was less, it was like, there's just so much I didn't know. And Same. so it was teaching me the basics. The second time I was stuck, I knew I had done everything I could on my own and I needed, and that something was wrong. I think I actually quite literally wrote when it, like my pages were good enough for Emily and other mentors to request the full or partial or whatever, and then also like, what are you looking for? And I just wrote paragraphs of, something is wrong on the line level. I don't know what it is, but when I read a paragraph of my work and I read a paragraph of a real like a real book, there is a difference. Mine is below it, and I don't know why. I God, truly just don't know Because
0: that's exactly my answer this last time in Pitch Wars was when I got a, got the request. It was, what are you seeking in this mentorship? And it was less clear than my first time around the because my answer was, I can tell that mine is not ready to be on a shelf, and I I don't know what it is. I know it. There's a sparkle. There's a shine. There's a deeper issue there, and I just don't know what it is.
1: And I'm trying. Yeah. So it's a really hard question. And maybe it sounds like there are still mentorship programs out there. Like I do think in if I were to answer this with my deliberate practice psychologist cap on, yeah. It would be if you've gotten yourself as far as you can on your own and with your and they go out of their way to mention like I say this with someone who's blessed to have clever, experienced people help me along the way. Uh, I figure it's even harder for those less connected, and it's true. I had so many published critique partners before I had an agent when I was stuck. Yeah. I had. It's not like oh, like try to get critique partners with more experience, which isn't like you can't just like rub a genie no all and make it happen. Anyway. But that's not the solution. No. Um, I think the solution might be, I hate it because it sounds really privileged and so we're going to have to like chew on it, but getting a critique from someone who's got some proven chops, whether that be a mentor or an agent doing a giveaway or someone else doing a giveaway or paying for one, I hate that. Um, I hate it. I really do. Because, but it's true. But it's true that paying, and a lot of... There are authors who do editorial services on the side, and like I mentioned that because there are um, a lot of people offer these things, and there's no way to know if they're good or not.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's something I've seen in the last couple of years, especially since Pitch Horse has closed down. I've noticed a rise in people offering paid services to give editorial development feedback on manuscripts, and for some of them, it's they have accreditation, they have great stories they they have client feedback that are from you know reputable authors and then there are some that it's who are you you know like who are you to for me to pay you to read my
1: totally and to make it even scarier you could be a best-selling author who's really bad at giving feedback
0: yes yes it's it's like being it's like
1: college professors who like wrote the textbook but like can't stand in front of a class and break it down for you absolutely and here's a let's make it even scarier here's a nightmare happened that happened to me I uh there was a fundraiser a like a big thing that went around Twitter and Instagram in like 2020 and it was a, a lot of really powerful agents and editors got involved and I was at that point too where I was like I think I had, no, I I hadn't had any, Pitchworth was done. I hadn't had any agent offers yet. It was in that couple of month period before Mm -hmm. things started moving for me. And I was in that, uh, let me figure out why. Like, I need someone to tell me what's wrong with Ravel. Like, why isn't this working? And so there were editors who were giving away 50 page critiques uh, that you could bid on. And so I talked to my husband and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. Because this is one of these editors was like, all the YA fantasy bestsellers they had mm-hmm. edited so many like you could look at the New York Times list and so many of them were their right. their author's books. And I was like, I want them to to look at my first fifty p I think I couldn't think of something more valuable and he was like, Let's do it. Go for it. Yeah. And I spent several hundred dollars on this, which is, I like, I'm owning that this was like four or $500 or something, which was crazy. Jesus yeah. Christ, but I yeah. was like, it was like, we were like looking at it like an investment. Like if I, mm-hmm. it goes to charity. It's a, it was a, I don't want to even name what it was because I don't want this editor to feel but not that they're, I don't think they're listening in this last. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they never did it.
0: Oh my god. They
1: contacted me immediately. Immediately when I won that they were so glad that thanking me for the donation. They, If I wouldn't mind sending it over immediately because they happened to have time this weekend to do it and wanted to just, like, get it done quickly. And I was like, absolutely, here it is. <laughs> and then, are there anything I want them to focus on? Absolutely. This. And then time passed and then, like, a month or two later they were like, hey, just, you know, I haven't, like, forgotten about this. Just excuse here probably valid whatever right and I was like okay cool and then a month or two later they were like same thing I'm like okay cool just so you know like I have an agent now <laughs> right um you know so we're going on sub at this date so anything before that would be super useful but I would never take not take feedback from you at any point because I'm really looking to grow here and they never did it wow yeah And I, you know, super polite. I'm so glad that you found it. I'm not surprised at all. When I glanced at your first few pages, they were so strong, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you never opened this.
0: (laughs) You never opened this. You don't know. Tell me the main character's name.
1: (laughs) And I was really furious. Uh, I was really hurt. Yeah. But uh, at this point, things were happening for me. And so it was also, and so part of me was like, I talked to my writing slack and was like, do I say something? Like, what do I do with this? You know? And the advice, which was good advice was no is a no, business. Just and just leave it alone. They're a very, very successful editor that you one day might want to work with in terms of, like, it'd be cool to have that as your editor, but also, like, this tells you something about how they are as an editor. Exactly. And now, and now I know they're authors, and I know that this is very much the case. They are extremely behind and forgetful. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't personal, but... No. Point being, this is bleak, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've... Yeah. Um, there are... Authors and former mentors and current mentors, et cetera, that will offer smaller packages that are uh, better rates to see if the, your feedback, their feedback works for you, like a query 10 right. pages one. Uh, so that might be a better investment, less risk. This is such an imperfect solution because we're telling people spend money, which I hate.
0: I hate it. No, because it felt like three years ago, it felt like there were so many options. And now it feels like there are very few.
1: Yeah. And they're and still was, out there. There are. are still programs out there, but Pitch Wars was a powerhouse. I mean, there was a point where you could look at the YA bestseller list, and the middle grade bestseller list, and at least three of those books at any given time would be from Pitch Wars.
0: And I'm trying to, like, find a, a, a nugget in my brain that is away from paying, away from finding somebody. And I'm wondering if there is a nugget of something that is – You've done all the work. You have critique partners who are very smart and have helped you out. I'm wondering if there is something of trying to branch out to find, you know, even just testing with your first 50 pages with other critique partners to see if somebody gives you some nugget of advice that you've never considered before. You know, just differentiating Mm -hmm. that some way I like to where it gets something that sparks you. And if, and if you get people who, you know, maybe you're not BFFs with or whatever, and it's somebody who does give good potential feedback or they don't, and you respect that opinion of that person, do you, then that's kind of like a tick in the box of, I have done everything that I possibly can do. And now it's just time to query. And now it's just time to try.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh no. But if you're querying and not having success, the really hard thing is to know why. Yeah, and there's a really good chance that it's just a a luck timing thing. That I yeah. A, there's a very good chance, but how to know for sure? I guess you don't really know for sure until it happens for you.
0: That Which sucks. And, <laughs> and having gone through querying a little over a year ago, and which I can't imagine what it is now because it was a hellscape then, it was the less I have never seen such Void of feedback, there was none. Yes, it was. It was. You were lucky to get a, and this is coming from Pitch Wars, being a Pitch Wars mentee. You you were lucky to get a uh, form response. No,
1: rather than just being left hanging for eternity. Yeah. So this is a bleak answer to a very very smart question. Um. Uh, so in sum, the pure deliberate practice way would be to go up to level up. In terms of if you were a tennis player and you were beating all the other tennis players, but you still weren't making the team, I don't like that metaphor, but you still weren't playing the way you wanted to be playing. Yeah. It would be to find a, a coach, a better coach, a coach with even, more, yeah. with even more experience, which you'd probably have to pay for in tennis. We right. don't like telling people to pay for shit and writing. I think you should be able to become a best-selling author without paying for a single college class, mentorship, anything. Right. Um, if that is a privilege that some people have it is out there and we'd recommend doing it in a teeny tiny package yes because people aren't necessarily good at giving feedback just because they say they are
0: exactly and i think that's like maybe opening maybe opening this dialogue with your friends
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: pushing this dialogue to where you until you get you know somewhere with it of i want i want somebody else i need i'm i I want somebody who's published or whatever the marker is for you. I really want to find somebody to read my stuff. How do I get that? Just keep pushing that dialogue in your writing groups and in your discords or whatever. And I'm sure someone somewhere will eventually... It's that thing of like luck is timing plus hard work, right? Right. So if you keep pushing that dialogue, if you keep showing up, eventually... Something will break.
1: And while you're querying one, if you've truly done everything you can, start the next one. Because the biggest part of luck is really the premise. It's the plot. Yeah. It's the vibes. It's what, you know, Truth. it's what's selling at the, to- at the time. Um, hey. Yikes. Quick, quick craft corner.
0: Craft corner.
1: My real quick one for you. I'll go first. Do it. Uh, I started watching a new K-drama, and I realized we missed a big opportunity on the writing romance one. K-dramas. Watch K-dramas if you want to. Watch K-dramas. Woo! Right the K-drama, away. are you watching? I never watched Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha.
0: Okay, I've never watched that one.
1: Okay. You watched Crash, Crash Landing?
0: No, I haven't watched that one. Oh, that's my favorite. I know. That's I'm watching favorite. Goblin right now.
1: I opened Goblin because Goblin was recommended to me because of book two. Yep. Uh, and I started it. I literally got a minute through, and I was like... Wait, the person who recommended this to me told me that it was extremely dark for a long time before the payout, like that yes. it's really dark. And I was like, I'm not in the mood for really dark. <laughs> I want. Light. It's like, it's dark, but it's not that dark. It's... Oh, okay. Maybe I should have. Okay. Are you it's enjoying it?
0: I love it. Okay, I, I slowed to... down. I did the thing that I do, which is I crashed all the way through it. And then I got to a certain, I think I got to, I got to a certain episode like towards the end and I went, boop,
2: stop. <laughs> and I didn't want to finish it. I could tell I things were going to be getting real sad for a little bit, and I was like, "No." So, yeah, you know,
1: last night I stopped watching. A character made a very cringeworthy mistake, and I was like, "I can't watch. I'm going to go to sleep now." <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I'm, I'm feeling strong girl, dude. But yeah, K dramas <sighs> right away. They dig into tropes right away. It was why these two people would be perfect for each other. Well, right away, it was why they're opposites like all of the the disaster elements how it would just go back and forth between them very obviously in a really cool way this is uh-huh. her living her morning this is him living living his yes. morning this is her ignoring and being stressed out by all the people trying to talk to her this is him talking to every single person and helping them being involved in all these lives I love it and then little glimpses of like at the they eventually would do a flashback of him noticing her for the first time. We saw her noticing him, we never saw him noticing her. I'm like, oh, they're showing us the attraction and the way that they're perfect for each other. Yeah. Even though they're starting out so far apart. Yes. So it was a great example. And there's so many, so many other good things that K dramas do, I can't recommend studying them they're enough. It's so fun. I love them. They're so fun. Yes, that's, that's my a craft really corner.
0: good one. Thank you. Hi. Uh, maybe I'm gonna go
2: watch Outer Banks and finish my K drama.
0: Craft corner. Don't craft corner. Twist. <laughs> I turned in my edits last week, and my agent was like, it'll be about two weeks before I can get notes back to you. And I, for the first time in my life, I tur- I have turned in the outline for the next book, and I have turned in my revision. And I was like, well, I guess I could start working on that next book. And I said, no. Nope. And I stopped. And I made that conscious decision that said, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I started picking up a video game. So I'm playing like Spider-Man.
1: Hey, love it. I'm like,
0: it's great. Uh, Cozy vibes. I like candles at night and I just chill. And what has started to happen is I can feel the creative well coming back. Like I I truly, like yesterday was a day that I went. I wonder if I should start writing because I want to. And I went, oh. I want to. <laughs> oh, okay. And then I said, no, chill, Let
1: keep it percolate. Chilling. Yeah.
0: Keep going. Okay. And now things are happening where I'm like, Ooh, I can make this change. Ooh, I can do this. I could do this so much stronger. So craft corner is don't craft corner. Don't think about craft. Don't, don't be picking at things. Don't be on the grind. If you have a point in your life, just stop just stop for at least a week or two stop
1: it's a really good point because it's a very tempting it's a hazard of the trade to yes. what well, especially when we're so craft focused as a coping mechanism you don't always need to be thinking about publishing and yes. writing and telling story to the point where you're putting pressure on yourself yes constantly it which is, is unhealthy it is not have good. other things to talk about have yeah it's just a book we did it we did it woo
0: thanks for listening to another episode of turning to story. If you haven't already head over to Spotify, give us a like, make sure you share this on Instagram, tell people all about it. We super appreciate it. And we will see you next time for how to make scenes better. Bye.